word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes him in him shall not perish, the, but have the eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to con- condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Well, here we are in the second Sunday of Advent, celebrating, readying ourselves, preparing our hearts for Christmas. I love Advent because I know how much I need preparation. I need to get ready for Christmas. That I know what my life is like, and I know that if I didn't have some warning... Christmas would suddenly be tomorrow and then gone the next day and it would be like, what happened? Does anyone, anyone relate to that? Or are all of you living such calm lives where each day you have those opportunities to just sit quietly and reflect for several hours? (laughs) Lingering over that 14th cup of coffee and wondering what you should do with your day? No one? A few of you, I know. But do not raise your hands right now. I would fear for your life after the service. (laughs) During the Advent season, it's an opportunity for us to get ourselves ready, to to somehow be reminded that we're walking toward Christmas. And Advent is about longing. It's about being ready. It's about preparation. It's about, about somehow knowing that during this season that we're coming toward Christmas, we're allowed to then reflect on what God has done. We're allowed to reflect on what God is doing. We're allowed to look around at our own lives, maybe the lives of others around us, our families, our friends, our world. We're we're able to even read the news and say, Oh, God, we still need you to come. When we look at the world, when we look at the headlines, whether it's the headlines of the news or whether it's the headlines of our own lives, we recognize the need we have for God's love to come. And so during Advent, we also can experience some of that longing, some of that aching even, some of that tension of saying, yes, Jesus, you have come, and yet we still live in a world that's so broken. I still struggle with brokenness. I see the the, the way that Sin and, and, and loneliness and anger and despair have, have, have continued to wreak havoc in people's lives. In my life. 
And during Advent, we're able to say, okay, we know that all of history has been shaped by this event, by the coming of God in the flesh. And that what he did at that nativity and what he did in his life and what he did in his death and resurrection has utterly changed everything. And yet, we still live in a world that hasn't yet fully experienced all that God has. And so at Advent, we say, God, we still need you to come into our lives. We still need your love to transform us, to change us. We need to be prepared. Last week, Angela spoke, uh, launched our Advent season and spoke about, about Advent and, and about this season of preparation, the season of longing. And I've heard from many of you how much you appreciated what she had to say. And uh, I'm thankful that she was able to come. Today, on, on this day, we celebrate the love of God. And, and, and so I just want to offer a couple of reflections, really, as we enter into communion today. The first thing that we need to do to prepare our hearts for God's love at Christmas, to receive God's love at Christmas, the very first thing we need to do is to actually acknowledge our need for his love. Now, some of us, we've, we've followed Jesus for a long time, and, and, and so that can kind of seem old hat. In fact, the verse that Haley read can, for, for, for most of you is like the most familiar verse of Scripture, God loved the world so much, right, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever should believe, you know, not perish. We kind of know the verse. And it can kind of glance off us, but if you follow Jesus for a long time, you still need to have that opportunity to say, Jesus, I need your love. I need your love to continue to transform my life. And maybe you're newer to the whole church thing. You're, you're newer to who, even who Jesus is. Maybe you've been traveling with us for a while. Maybe you came through Alpha this fall. I don't know where you might be, but maybe, maybe this whole Jesus thing is, is still pretty new to you. And you're coming into the Christmas season, and maybe for the first time in your life, you're really beginning to get a sense of what Christmas might truly mean. The very first step that we need to take is that we say to God, we need your love. Like, we actually need it. Some of you have really struggled with loneliness. Some of you have had an ongoing battle with anger. Some of you, the struggle to just get up in the morning is epic because you struggle with depression or despair. Some of you have stuff going on in your families. It just makes your heart ache. Some of you are beginning to realize as maybe you're starting to follow Jesus, begin to hear a story that you've been a really arrogant person. That when you look in the mirror, just for the very first time in your life, you realize you're a jerk. And, 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 and that's an amazing reality. You know that? It's an amazing thing to begin to realize that you've lived a life that's so selfish and so destructive but the fact that you're actually realizing it, the fact that you're actually looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, oh my goodness, what have I done? Oh my, what have I become? You begin to finally move to this place where you say, I need your love, God, to transform my hearts and my life. My life. Some of us, it may not be that our families are falling apart. It may be that we look to our past and we feel so guilty about what we've done, what's been done to us. We suffer from anxiety. We look around and 
there isn't even necessarily anything definably wrong, but somehow we just feel overwhelmed. Each one of us, wherever we're at, whatever experiences we've had, whatever we're going through now, we come at Christmas, we come here on the second Sunday of Advent, and we say, God, we need your love. Because God's love is the greatest transforming agent in the world. You know, we heard it through the verses that Maddie and Haley read to us, that God became flesh, that he dwelt among us, that God loved us so much that he didn't want us to be perishing, he didn't want us to be condemned, but rather came, became one of us, not so that he could beat us down, but so that he could lift us up. And in Jesus, it wasn't only God's word that was becoming flesh, it was God's love becoming flesh. Coming and living among us as one of us, or as the message says, moving into the neighborhood that God has come to live among us. There's nothing like the love of God to transform a life. So at Christmas we say, and on the second Sunday of Advent we say, God, we need your love. You know, during that closing session of Alpha, just this last week, uh, Nikki Gumbel relayed a, a beautiful story from a woman named Jackie Pullinger. And uh, some of you maybe heard of Jackie Pullinger. She has uh, been in Hong Kong really all of her adult life, working with heroin addicts, working with uh, people trapped in prostitution. Uh, I, read, I read her story a long time ago. She got on a boat when she was 21. She literally just went. I'm sure every missionary society out there would tell you not to do this. I think they were telling her not to do it, too, if I remember correctly. Anyway, 21. She went. 100 bucks in her pocket. She's been there ever since. And uh, it's amazing what Jesus has done through her and through uh, the organization that she has worked with and started. Anyway, once she told the story about a 72-year-old woman named Alfreda. Alfreda had been a heroin addict for about 60 years and and during that entire 60 years, she'd been involved in prostitution in, in some way. But at this point in her life, she was, too, she was too old to work. And so she used to sit outside a brothel, and she would just kind of poke at the sewers to keep things moving. And uh, she'd just sit there, and she'd inject her, her back about three times a day with heroin. She couldn't inject her arms anymore because they'd been so overused all of her life that she... She couldn't do that anymore. She had no identity card. As far as the Hong Kong government was concerned, she didn't exist. But a few years ago, Jesus found her. And she gave her life to Christ. The love of God was poured into her life. She received forgiveness. She received love. And God began to do this work in her life. And she went to live in one of the houses of the organization that Jackie, that Jackie runs over there. At first, she was actually very difficult to live with. Tough, right? But as God started to heal her, as God started to work in her, she really began to change. She saw that there were people around her that were worse off than her, and she began to try and help them. She began to serve them. And the more she experienced the love of God, the more she began to share his love with others. And the more and more she changed. It was this process of love coming into her life and her life being transformed as she shared that love with others. And then as Jackie goes on with the story, Alfreda met a, a man named Little Wah. 
And he was 75. And they actually got married. And uh, Jackie described her wedding as the wedding of the decade. As this uh, former prostitute, heroin addict, walked down the aisle, all dressed in white, cleansed and forgiven and transformed by the love of Jesus. It's a beautiful story. And it's a story that captures the beauty and the truth and the reality of Christmas and the coming of God's love to us in the flesh. That there's nothing like the love of God to transform a life. There's just nothing like it. We need to experience God's love. Our friends, our family, our valley, the people you work with, the people you go to school with, the people you see on the street, the people you run into, the people that live around you, the people you have coffee with or craft with or snowmobile or sing with, these people, each and every one of them, need to experience God's transforming love. So first off, we need to know that we need God's love. We need to know that our friends and our family and our world needs God's love. And Advent helps us acknowledge the ways in which we need God's love. Helps us take a moment and just articulate, even to ourselves, maybe to others around us, I need God's love because of this or that. And second, as we acknowledge our need for God's love, we need to open ourselves up to God's love. We need to open ourselves up in order to receive it. Knowing that we need God's love, we turn to God, who loves us more than anyone. And opening ourselves up to God and his love, I think, requires concrete steps. It requires some action on our part. It's not just a a mental exercise. It's something where we step out, whether it's those early disciples getting up and following Jesus, whether it's um, taking that step to finally, you know, tell someone about the trust that you're placing in Jesus, whatever concrete step it might be. I can't actually think, though, of a better way of making that concrete step than participating in in communion together. Christmas story ultimately points us toward Easter. And the Easter story, I think, fills up the meaning of Christmas. That God's love came down to rescue us, that God became one of us so that we could be one with him. And so, knowing that we need God's love, we open ourselves up to receive God's love by coming to the communion table. Communion, it, it does prepare our hearts. It's part of the way that we're, we're made ready to receive. So we're able to celebrate the love of God during this Christmas season. And I spent time reflecting on the connection between communion here at Advent. And I realized that that's part of how communion works in our lives. Is even every, every time we come to communion, we're reminded of our need for God's love. We're reminded of the need we have, the deep, abiding need for God's sustaining love to fill us. And so we come and we receive it. And that is also the role that Advent has in our lives, of preparing us so that we're ready, so that we come and we receive It provides us with an incredible opportunity to say, Jesus, I made a mess of my life. You know it. In fact, I'm actively making a mess of my life. (laughs) And you know it. And I need you to come and help me to transform me. I I need you to step into my marriage. I I need you to help me with my kids. I I need you to help me with my mind because my my mind is just racing. I, I need you to step in. I need your love to transform me. And so we're able to come at communion 
We're able to come and just bring everything that we have. We're able to take a few moments out of our season and say, Lord Jesus, I need your love, and so I want to bring to you my hate. I want to bring to you my despair. I want to bring to you my frustration. I want to bring to you my my physical problems. I, I want to bring to you my emotional struggles. I want to, I want to bring it all to you. I want to bring to you my numbness. I'm, I'm going to bring to you the, the fact that I don't even care. My indifference. I'm going to bring that to you because I know that that's sin, but also it's destroying me and it's making me not care about the things that you care about. So I'm going to bring that to you as well. I'm going to bring it all to you, Jesus. And then I'm going to receive in this bread and this juice Jesus himself offering his love to us. As we take that bit of bread and we dip it in the juice, we're saying, Jesus, I receive your love into my life to heal me, to cleanse me, to forgive me. In communion, it's like we say to Jesus, Jesus, if it wasn't for your love, I'd be lost. But when we come to communion, I think we can also ask that God would give us love for others too. We need God's love, but the people around us need God's love. Most of us can identify at least one person in our lives that really needs God's love to transform them. And so we can come at communion and we can say, Jesus, I need your love. But you know, I also need your love to fill me so that I can share your love with others. I need your love to come into my heart so that I can be a conduit of your love to the surrounding community you've placed me in. I see the mess in the world and I need you to come into my life so that I can be the hands and the feet, the love of Jesus in my community. We know that if it wasn't for Jesus coming, our world would be lost without love, but we also know that Jesus has called us into that. And so we come at communion saying, Jesus, we need your love to transform us, but we need your love in us so that we can be with you transforming others. So that maybe this Christmas, maybe during this Advent season, maybe this time is the time when family members and friends and workmates and schoolmates when you yourself, for the first time, celebrate the coming of Jesus and realize that he came for you. That maybe for the first time, your friends, your neighbors, will realize that is isn't just another season with lights and presents. It's the season about the light of the world who became the presence of God in our lives. What a difference that makes. So when we come to communion today, we come to say, Jesus, we need your love to transform us. And we need your love to transform the world.